Praise the Lord. Uh, as you can stand, uh, if, you, if, if you can let me understand, I want to read one passage from the uh, book of Hebrews chapter 11, 8. Uh, the program that you have, I'm going to read one bad passage. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to the place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. You may be seated. Hebrews chapter 11. Wait, do I have clickers? Oh, okay. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 is known as uh, chapter of faith. We meet all the faith ancestors uh, in Old Testament. Not all of them, many of them. And, and I'm studying a new sermon series uh, on faith, which I will call it Imitating the Hall of Famers of Faith. I don't know if that makes sense. Hall of Famers of Faith. You know, chapter 11, the Hebrew chapter 11 talks so many lists of the Hall of Famers of Faith. And we want to imitate them. And today I want to talk about Father of Faith, Abraham. It is not easy for us to imitate Abraham because he was truly a man of faith. He really lived a man of faith. But we'll try anyway, right? Amen? We'll throw a shot, right? We'll do it, right? Yeah. <clears throat> when you cross look at the life of Abraham, uh, he was a man who passed many exams. God gave him so many exams, so many tests. So he passed them, passed all of them. So he became the father of faith. Uh, you know, Satan is testing us, right? He's tempting us to tear us down. But God is testing us to build our faith up. And God is going to test your faith. If you gave your life to Christ, he's going to build your faith. And so as we closely look at the life of Abraham, I think we can uh, figure out how he does give the exams. How many of you like taking exams when you were in school? How many of you really enjoying studying and taking exams when you were Maybe Ninda, you, you almost lose. <laughs> I know some guys, they love to take exam because they're ready to take exam. You know, they study so hard, and I didn't really like to take exam. <laughs> uh, I remember when I was a missionary uh, in the Philippines, I was, I was teaching at the uh, Bible College, and a small school. And did you know I was the most popular instructor in that school? I was. Because not that my lectures were great, but I gave everyone A. <laughs> so it became, you know, like every, numerous. Hey, you know the instructor Choi? He, he always gives you guys A. So take this class. <laughs> everyone took my class. <laughs> because I thought, you know, they're gonna, they're pastors and they're gonna be future, you know, pastors. And I don't wanna discourage them giving them bad grade. Why? I mean, for what? You know? So I gave them good grade every time. I only gave one guy B. Because he didn't show up. He didn't show up the whole entire semester. Only once he, he showed up and he, I, I knew that guy because he was a pastor in, serving as, in a mountain area. And I know his brothers and his father and I, know, I knew him. I asked him, what happened? He said, you know, he had a story. So, okay, okay, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a B, okay? Just submit the paper. I don't think he submitted the paper I mean, until now. Uh, but you know what? The reason that everyone got A because I gave them Questions before they take test. This is going to be on the test. So study it. Okay? And it was open book test. Imagine. I mean, you can't fail the class. I mean, you have a questions and you have a, uh, just simply have to prepare and it's open book. 
when you close look at the life, you know, God, God's always giving us an open book test. You know, the, the book we have, right? That's the book. If you close look at it, that's the answer. <laughs> when you close look at the life of Abraham, life of Noah, life of, you know, so many fair ancestors, when you close look at them, God's giving them, you know, the questions to them. When you close look at their lives, you will figure out what's going to be on the exam. Simply have to just imitate them. Simply have to imitate them. And today I'm going to imitate the life of Abraham. He was truly a man of faith. I'm going to look at four points today. Uh, first one, Abraham was a man of obedience. Chapter verse 8, uh, I'm going to read again. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, he obeyed and went. He obeyed and went. Let's imagine dialogue between Abraham and God. This is the kind of setting. Abraham, this is God speaking. <coughs> I want to leave, I want you to leave everything and go to the land I will show you. What is that? Abraham responded, If I told you, you wouldn't believe me. Try me, God. It's 1,500 miles from here in a place called Canaan. Never heard of it? I know. And guess what? What? I'm going to make you the father of a great nation. That's impossible. I don't have any children. Don't worry. What do you mean, don't worry? Just trust me. So let Abraham say, let me see if I got this straight. You want me to leave everything, trouble, across the desert to some place I never heard of and become the father of a great nation. Right. Is this some kind of joke? I say, no. What am I supposed to tell my wife? God said, that's your problem. <laughs> you know, this is the setting. This is the setting. Would you move if you were Abraham? He was about to retire. He was 75 years old. He was about to retire. And, you know, the, the, the city that he was, came from, Uru was the, like, like Los Angeles. They have so many you know, things happening. It's a happening city. And he was rich. He wanted to settle down, but God is calling him. I want you to go. Leave your place and go. At the age of 75, God gave him new adventure. God had a new plan for Abraham's life. Leaving the place where you, you were, you, he was about to leave, that wasn't easy for him. Let's apply this you know, faith into our lives. Sometimes God is asking us a major change in, in your life, in our lives. Major change. I'm not talking about minor change. Major change. We often ask, where should I go? We ask that question often. God, okay, where should I go? His answer is usually the same. You move first, then you'll let, I'll, I'll let you know. It requires faith. It requires a faith. So that's, not, that's why it's not easy. But Abraham passed this exam. He simply obeyed and went. He simply obeyed and went. He was a man of obedience. Second, Abraham was a man who held on the promise of God. Even though we have received God's promise, 
When delayed, we get frustrated. And often we ask ourselves, did I get that promise right? Verse 9, by faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in a tent and did Isaac and Jacob, who were uh, heirs with him of the same promise. The word promise appeared two times in this passage. Promise is an important word for a believer. You know why? Because God wants us to base our lives on promises. God promised Abraham, if you move, I will give you the land of Israel. So he moved. When he got there, nothing happened. Nothing happened. There was delay in the transfer of ownership. Abraham lived 100 years, 100 more years, and he never did receive it at that point. Notice the word tent. He, he was living in the tent with his, his, his son and uh, grandson. That's more than two generations, right? I'm sure whenever he pray, whenever he kneel down pray, he probably asks this question, when, Lord, when? When are you going to you know, fulfill your promise? I'm sure son, he asked that question many times. We ask similar questions, when I'm going to get it? When are you going to answer my prayer? When are you going to fulfill your promise? When are you going to meet my needs? When am I ever going to get married? All those kind of questions. During my freshman year, I went to the uh, prayer mountain. I was, I was like, like 19. I was a kid. You know? and then I went up and, and I prayed. And God gave me the promise verse. I was so happy to receive Acts, book of Acts uh, 1631. Believe in Jesus and you and your household will be, be saved. That passage. I was only believing in my household. So I, I hold on to the promise and start to pray. Now I don't pray for myself, I mean, my, my, my sibling, but my mom and dad and my, my uh, grandmothers and um, cousins and far cousins. I, pr- I started to pray for them. One by one, God was answering my promise because I was holding on to the promise of the Lord. I was praising God. But my dad, I mean, he didn't come to the Lord. I've been praying for him. I remember 17 years, 17, every single day, I've been praying for, the, my, for, for my dad. I was tempted to give up, but I knew it was a test. Remember, uh, to real believers, God is testing us. This testing of when. Real believers will wait for God's timing, even though he doesn't know when. Answer for when question is this, in his time. In his time. In his time, the song, right? In his time, he makes all things beautiful in his time. He does fulfill his promise. And Abraham knew that he's going to answer his, pro- uh, God, his promise, God's promise in his life. Third uh, thing, Abraham was a man who saw impossible things possible. He saw the impossible things possible. If you are a real believer in your lifetime, God will put you up put you up against the impossible problems, <laughs> impossible situations. Verse 11 and 12. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age, he was 99 years old, and Sarah herself was barren. 
was unable to uh, able to become a father because he considered him faith faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he was as good as that, uh, became descendants as numbers as the stars in the skies and countless as the sands on the seashore. God had promised Abraham that one day he would be the father of great nation, father of great Israel, nation of Israel. But the problem was he was 99 years old. Not only that, Sarah uh, was the age that where she cannot conceive the children. It was the double impossible. We know that Sarah did not believe uh, when God visited her and said, I'm going to conceive the child following year. She didn't believe that. That's why she laughed. And Avram laughed too. But following year, she conceived the child. In our lives, we see many impossible things in our lives. And we often ask questions, how? How can I deal with this stuff? But man who can see impossible, possible, is the one who is God is using. And that is the demand. That's kind of demand God is uh, to, demanding toward us. You have to have this, uh, pass this test. Uh, do you know Henry Ford? Ford, he, he was the founder of Ford, right? The vehicles. And when he came up with the idea of V8 engine, he wanted to make that idea into the production. So he drew that uh, V8 engine and gave to the uh, engineers. None of them, they said, boss, you don't know any basic knowledge about Engineering, you can't, this is an impossible thing. But Henry Ford, he pushed, pushed them. But do your best. Produce it. Doesn't matter how long it takes. Oh, you know, do it. After six months, they came uh, and boss, it's impossible. He gave another five, six months. After another six months, they came, came up and said, it's impossible. But he came kept trying. And of course, we, he, they had a, you know, V8 engine, right? He had eyes that other people cannot see. Maybe God is demanding us. Hey, see the impossible. Possible. That was the Abraham. Real believer will expect a miracle without knowing how. Last point. Abraham was the man who possesses, let me spell there, the God-centered faith. This is the ultimate test. The test that causes us to ask why. Why question is the really toughest one. There's a lot of that goes on in our world that just doesn't make any sense. We often ask the why questions a lot, right? Just pass it right here. By faith, when God tested him, offer Isaac as a sacrifice. Can you imagine? God asked Abraham, Hey, won't you offer your son? I'm at the age of 99. He received miracle boy, right? Now God's asking him, What kind of guy is this? He's about like 12 to 14. 
Isaiah was about, you know, a teenager. If you have a teenager boy, what would you respond if God asked you the same question? You would probably say, thank you, God. I mean, I, I, I want to get rid of this guy, but thank you for asking that question. You know, I want to really kill him, you know. But, I mean, you probably say, hey, what kind of God are you? You're not an idol worshiper. You don't practice cannibalism. I'm, what kind of God are you? We ask the why question a lot, right? Please explain to me, God, I don't get it. You know, we do that often. But when God asked Abraham, he just simply obey. That's difference. That's big difference. You know, I, I, I asked the question, why? How could he respond that way? I, I found that answer in verse 19. Abraham reasoned. He reasoned. He thought about it. He pondered upon these things. That God would raise the dead. The figurative speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. God who gave Isaac at the, at the unbearing age, God can uh, raise him back. He had a resurrection faith. Uh, I was listening to one of these Korean uh, like talk show uh, speaker, and he, he's, he's, he read a lot, I guess. And he mentioned uh, four Korean uh, husbands. This is a question that he asked the Korean husbands. Can you die for your wife? Did you know that 80% of Korean husbands say yes? I was like impressed. Wow, really? You know, if you have a situation like that, uh, your wife is in danger, and can you die for your wife? To save her, I mean, eighty percent say yes. Wow, I think that's amazing. Isn't that love? Yeah. What do you think, Ken? What do you think? Yeah, right. That's love, right? Yeah. And and that same question to the husbands: Can you go to Costco with your wife every every week? They say, they say no. I can't. There's no way I can go to Costco with my wife. You know. Um, Wow, it's kind of, I mean, I don't really get it. You can die for your wife, but you cannot go to Costco with your wife? What is that? And he mentioned uh, mature love is you do the like, uh, mundane things, boring things, repeatedly for like years after years. That is the mature love. And I thought about Isaac, I mean, the Abraham. How can we really offer Isaac? To God, when God asked him. Because he, Abraham, had a, such a you know, loving relationship with God. When God asks you to offer uh, yourself, you think, oh, I, I think I can do this. But the answer is not really. I don't think many husbands will die for their wives. I don't think so. Unless they've truly had a relationship with them, like uh, boring things, repeating things, together for many years, then you can truly die for your wife. You know what I'm talking about? Dealership's got the same thing. God doesn't ask us to do like, you know, like one, one shot a deal kind of deal. This journey is you spend time with him every day. You walk with him every day. Little challenges, little tests, you tackle them. But base is loving relationship. Abraham, he had loving relationship with God. 
That's why he simply could just obey and just, he didn't have to, I mean, he didn't ask for the explanation, right? Sometimes we do ask for explanation. God, can you explain to me this matter? I don't, I don't get it. He, he didn't have to do it because he already knew him, that level, intimate level. We have to know him, that level. Then when he asks something, we just simply do. You don't have to really try, try. Abraham had an intimate relationship with the Lord. And that's the challenge that, that I want to uh, challenge to, uh, to all of us. At school, conclusion, at school, the secret of getting a good grade is knowing what's on the test. But spiritual test, the secret of passing the exam is trusting God. Trusting God. Do you know uh, uh, one of our members, uh, Iris, 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 her name. She's elementary school. No, no, the junior high school. And uh, his parents is Steve Jung. Steve Jung is one of our deacon at church. You know, he and I, uh, we, we were high school friend, friend. Did you know that? Steve Jung and I, we went to the same high school. We live in the same area. I visited his, in his place. He came to my, my place. We used to play basketball a lot. Uh, we kind of ditched the class and we go to park and play basketball. <laughs> and, and Steve, uh, I remember when I visited his place when you when when, when were young, his mother was kind of weird. I mean, you know, she, she always prayed. I was really scared of her. Wow. How can she keep praying? Not just pray for hours, but she prayed for like, like six, seven hours a day. Oh, man. She's kind of, you know. And later, I, when I became Christian, wow. I realized, my goodness, she's a woman prayer warrior. She's a woman of prayer. Listen, Steve called me to uh, that the mother is really getting old and uh, she's about to get about to be with the Lord. So I said, Oh, I want to visit her. So I visited her last week. She's 95. But she was okay. She was not about to die. She has a clear mind. I was so shocked. I remember when I met her, like when she was 70, when she was 80. I, I met her 95. And she's been praying. You know, she's. I know she's praying for me every day, for our church every day. She's a woman of prayer. You know how conscious and thoughts very clear. You know what she's saying to me? Pastor Ken, fasting, prayer with the fasting is so important. What? Prayer with fasting? Really important? At the age of 95, she was telling me that. She was fasting that day that I visited her. I got a, you know, chew, soup, you know, and I can't take this because my time is not yet. Not yet. I have to eat after 12 o'clock. You know, coming back from visitation, my heart was like, kept thinking about her. Wow. She's 95. She's been walking with the Lord for that many years. And her, you know, where she was staying, she was like an elderly senior care you, you got to share with your room. It's like four other people, like, you know, three other people. So four of them in one tiny bathroom. Is like, but I want to be like her. That was a challenge that I got. Maybe she may live in like tent like Abraham. She has to continue move on. She doesn't settle down. But she has the place to go. And she's ready. She's strong. And she said, Pastor Ken, can you, 
Introduce me. I want to go to mountain, uh, prayer mountain. I want to spend less of my life there to pray for the people, pray for the nation, pray for people who are coming to that prayer mountain. Can you in- introduce me one at age of 95? I got shocked that day. We stay very like dot. This life is like a dot. Short. But meeting the Lord and walk with Him is the most important matter. God is still testing us to build us up as a man and woman of faith. Let us be man and woman of faith. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I know you are asking all of us, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me in this matter? Often we ask question, Lord, where should I go? But you are telling us, do you trust me? When, Father God, when are you going to answer my prayer? You are always saying, do you trust me? How can I figure this out? Whenever we ask how question, Father, you are telling us, do you trust me? Why, Lord? Why is this thing happening to me? Again, you are telling us, do you trust me? Lord, we want to turn our eyes upon you, Lord God. And we want to say, Lord, we trust you, Lord. You are the God. We trust you, Lord God. Give us a faith, Father God. Give us a faith. Bless all of your children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.